Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host. Man, <laughs> I'm in the studio right across the table from my producer, Barry. Hi, Barry. Hey, man. That is so offensive. <laughs> you are on one already, and we've barely even begun. Yeah. How are you? You know? I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I would ask how you're doing, but I feel like we already know. You know what? Let's just jump in because we're going to start things off. You guessed it, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. Really shaking things up. I know. Every week I say what's happening in this episode, and everybody who listens every week is like, yeah, we know. That's the same That's the same <laughs> thing that happens every week. Real original. And then next, we're diving deep into just my bad mood. Oh, great. It's going to be a grab bag. A, you know, a usual just grab bag of things that are pissing me off, which is everything. And then, fine! Finally, we've got the hilarious Elliot Glazer on the pod as our guest complainer. Elliot is a writer, a performer, host of the podcast, You're Making It Worse. He's written on shows like New Girl and Younger. And of course, we loved him as Elliot in Broad City. We get into musicals, The View, Wendy Williams, gay ex-bachelor Colton, and so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, a man in California is suing a psychic for $25,000 after she allegedly failed to remove a witch's curse put on his marriage by his ex-girlfriend. There is so much to unpack here. The layers, the layers. Yeah, I don't know who the Shiro in this story is, but it's it's someone. Someone is. I think my my bet is on the ex-girlfriend. I think she's the Shiro here. I'll agree with that thus far. Okay, <clears throat> so this man goes to a psychic 
She's billed on her website as a, quote, PhD life coach and a psychic love coach. Love that for her. Because you can't get a PhD in love coaching, psychic love coaching, but you can get a PhD in life coaching, apparently. I don't know. I just made that up, but I apparently she has a PhD. Yeah, or can you, anybody just say they have a PhD? I'm, I don't think that people should be able to have PhDs in life coaching. My hot take. That's I have a scam. A PhD. I have a PhD. You know what it stands for? A pretty horny dick. Okay. <laughs> a pretty, a, 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 a pretty oh hungry God. dick. How about that? Oh, okay. I love to feed my dick. You know what he eats? He, by the way, sorry to gender him. Little crumbs of Cheez-Its. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I feed my dick. Whenever he's hungry, I'm like, oh boy, you, what, do you, what do you want? No what wonder do the doctors don't know what's wrong with you. No, it's true. I know. <laughs> I have had a pain somewhere down there. Anyway, so this man went to the psychic's website. She bills herself as a PhD life coach and psychic love coach. Mm. This man went to a life coach because he was unhappy. Hey, shout out, unhappy hour. And she told him it was because his ex-girlfriend had hired a witch to put a hex on his marriage. So he's like, my marriage sucks. I'm going to go to the psychic to find out. And the psychic was like, well, clearly it's because a, a curse is on your marriage, not because you're a dipshit of a husband. Yeah, not to pass judgment, but like anybody who's going to a psychic <laughs> to try to solve their marriage is like probably not that good at it's being It's probably married. their fault for... <laughs> their problems and the psychic is just like it's not just his ex-girlfriend it's that his ex-girlfriend hired a witch to put mm. a hex on it also not to nitpick okay but i'll pick some nits okay i'll i'll do it if she's a psychic that's supposed to be able to see the future and she's like actually a witch put a hex past tense on your marriage wow so. What's the truth? What's the yeah. real truth here is what I would like to know. The psychic allegedly claimed that his family would be, quote, unhappy and in danger unless he paid her $5,100 to remove the curse. And um, such a specific amount of money. I know. If she had I, said 5000 I would have said scam. But that extra $100, it's like, oh, you know, she needs it for something. According to a lawsuit. Quote, this made the plaintiff more confident that he was speaking with a professional that could help him. End quote. I'm unclear if I just kind of got these details in the wrong order. I don't know <laughs> at what point he became more confident that he was speaking to a professional. <laughs> the, the diagnosis of a witch's curse, the spe specified amount of money. I get have so much confidence in someone when they give me a price yeah. for a service. Oh, absolutely. That is made up. I mean, there's no way that I can go see a psychic because I 100% would believe. Like, I, I'm like, I can't step foot into that scenario because I will be taken advantage of. The man says that he suffered anxiety and sleepless nights and is also suing for intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress. He's asking for $25,000 in damages. I feel like he's doing the he's doing this all wrong. What he needs to be doing is hiring a private detective to find the witch who put the curse on him. Sure. Yes. 
that's, so that's, that's where true. his that yeah let's like, get to the root of the problem yeah, here yeah, you're the, blaming you're blaming oh the you know the the fire department didn't put out the fire who started the fire exactly uh, okay, let's go to the root i want to see the witch holding the match yes i just love that he's suing her for twenty five thousand dollars in damages because his marriage didn't get better like <laughs> yeah. he, you didn't she didn't make your marriage worse. No. She just didn't help it get better. So, like, your unhappiness is still your fault. Anyway, shout out to them. I hope it all works out. In my fantasy, the witch and the psychic end up fucking. Next! A man suspected of robbing a bank in Southern California was arrested when he returned to try and rob the same bank the next day. When will people learn? Criminals, listen to this podcast. Please, you'll learn so much about what not to do. But then we'd have fewer stories to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I do love when people commit crimes because (laughs) guess what? It gives me something to talk about. The man entered a bank in the city of Fountain Valley and gave a teller uh, a note demanding money. He then fled with a large amount of cash before officers got to the bank. And then the next day, they got a call about another robbery in progress of the same exact bank. And so they rushed over this time and they found the same exact guy uh, who also has prior convictions for other robberies. I mean, if it ain't broke, you know? If you robbed the bank once and it worked, why not go for it again? Practice makes perfect. Maybe he just really doesn't know how the ATM works. (laughs) Every day he needs money, you show up with a note that says, give me the fucking money. Yeah. And it works. And to be fair, filling out those little deposit slips and withdrawal slips, such a pain. Would much rather just ask them to give me money. Yeah. I mean, I admire someone who's like, you know what? I'm not going to go through all the effort of trying to find a second bank. Bank to rob. Where are you going to find a second Chase Bank in one neighborhood? Unheard of. Actually, don't know how it is in the rest of the country, but there's a bank literally on every everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, they're begging to be robbed. Also, yeah, all of their advertising, all of their, you know, all of their posters that they have up, all of their, all of their logos. It's like you're, you're trying to turn me on, okay? That Chase logo, it's basically an anus. Okay. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, now I'm fully hard. I'm fully erect. And I want to rob you because they correlate. That's why robberies go up around Valentine's Day. What? Because of horniness. Are you saying true things right now? Are these facts? No, all of these are facts. Okay. Are you ever in the middle of fucking and you're like oh I wish I could rob a bank I guess yeah, now that you exactly. bring it up it is like every single We've time we all heard this before yeah that says it in the bible yeah the bible famously pro fucking yeah it is as long as you don't wear a condom and finally Connecticut Fish and Wildlife had to withdraw an award for the largest ever catfish because it was eaten before they could weigh it. <laughs> so Connecticut Fish and Wildlife wrote a post that said they were not able to examine the actual fish and cannot confirm that it was an actual white catfish, which was uh, apparently the type of fish uh, in this category. Without the ability to examine the actual fish, identification is left to still images and videos 
which are ambiguous and inconclusive. Wow. Yeah. Some deep Literal catfishing. Am I right? Wow. We are not going to look at your fake photos. These could (laughs) absolutely. That's where the term comes from. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Wow. See, you're learning. Um, This man who caught the fish, whose name is Ben Tomkunas, Tom Kunas, he caught the 21 pound fish and he gave it to his grandfather the morning after. And uh, guess what? His grandpa ate it. All 21 pounds, I guess. (laughs) I don't actually know. The man said, I can't believe that they think it's okay to do this to someone. It's such an embarrassment. He is so affronted that they have stripped him of this award for fattest catfish ever caught. I guess it can be difficult to distinguish between certain breeds of catfish. Is that what they call them? Breeds? Sure. Species. Species of catfish. And uh, so they can't confirm that he actually broke the record. You know what I think is more embarrassing? The fact that they weren't able to, like, wait just a little bit longer to eat this catfish. Yeah, I mean, you can't have it both ways, Yeah. okay? Either you eat a delicious catfish or you wait for it to get weighed. You ate it. Yeah, and, like, shouldn't that be prize enough? Yeah. Anyway, the previous state record for a white catfish was 12 pounds. Um, The International Game Fish Association recorded the world record for white catfish to be 19 pounds. So this would have blown the world record, the international record. And he ate it. Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. You can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash where you can see video of bonus stories and you can get a special separate podcast feed that's basically a bonus episode that shows up right in your podcast app every single week. You can head to Patreon at patreon.com slash Next, we're diving deep into all of my shittiness this week. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. Well, this week I've been in an especially bad mood. And so I thought, why don't we just talk about all the things that have been pissing me off? A good grab bag of a deep dive. We yeah. haven't done one of those in a while. Just all the things that have been getting on my nerves, all of my pet peeves. Starting with the fact that yesterday, as of this recording, I fucked up my back once again. Oh. Shout out to my spine. She's doing great. <laughs> except that she's not. So I think I didn't sleep that great last night, and that put me in a bad mood today. And it's just a never-ending cycle of misery. Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. Amen. So anyway, so I've been in a bad mood. I figure I can go down the list, and we can trade off also of some pet peeves of the week. Some pet peeves just floating around my brain, bringing my mood down. Because that is the point of this podcast. If Matt's in a bad mood, everybody needs to be in a bad mood. That is the healthy way that I approach life. (laughs) If I have dark energy, everybody else should have dark energy. Okay, number one, the week should have been, uh, it should have started at a high. We saw Harry Styles on Sunday. It was absolutely amazing. It was. Perhaps the best I've ever seen him. It was incredible. Uh, His outfit was incredible. Uh, Would have been an amazing picture that we'd taken, we would have taken together. so good. Because our outfits were basically matching. You looked so hot. Thank you. I know. You were wearing a tank. You were wearing a loose little little shirt over the tank. You were in a chain. 
Uh-huh, Amazing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. All true, all true. Mm-hmm. We did not get to take a picture together, and I'm blaming the novel coronavirus. Yep. Okay, what else? Um, other things that have been pissing me off. Um, this is just a, a general pet peeve of mine, but whenever I'm talking to someone on the phone, and this happens, this happened this week, yeah, and this happens, it happened just this week. Whenever I'm talking with someone who has a dog, and yes, you can you can rightfully assume that I'm speaking about my mother. <laughs> uh, whenever we go to hang up, and she asks me to say goodbye to the dog or talk to the dog in any way. <laughs> and we're not on even on FaceTime. Oh, that is insane. I'm like, don't do this. Saying hello to a dog on the phone when you can't actually see the dog is absolute insanity. You get nothing out of it. And you know what? Neither does the dog. It actually only confuses them or they have no idea. I'm still not convinced that the dog can even hear noises coming out of the phone. I mean, Putty, when I'm away and we've tried FaceTiming, absolutely no understanding of that. And you know what? That's okay. Because guess what? He's a dog. He doesn't give a shit. No. What else? Oh, my other gripe. We did go to a museum this past week. We did. I do like certain aspects of a museum. That being said, I think museums need to take a step back, okay? I think museums need to chill out with trying to teach me shit and just show me cool stuff. Well, that was the issue, is that we went to the Museum of Natural History, and I have been there, like, twice before, and I really remembered it differently. And we went, and it was like, oh, you know what? I actually just, like fun art museums also none of it came to life none of it and even though we were there fairly late yeah there was none of the security guards looked even remotely like ben stiller (sighs) no the other thing is they have all these big dinosaur skeletons and it's not even the real real. it's just a fake dinosaur this could be anywhere anywhere Could be in your house The entire appeal of me coming to this establishment is seeing some real 50 million year old dinosaur bones or however long ago they lived. I don't know. Someone with a fucking, you know, glasses that have tape in the middle of it. 5,000 years. We'll be like, oh, fucking, you know, Sarah Palin invented Jesus 70 years ago or whatever. I don't give a shit about your timeline. Were mummies and dinosaurs alive at the same time? Don't ask me that question. No, absolutely not. I do know the answer to that question. No. (laughs) What? This is why we should have read the actual things. (laughs) Next. My oven is broke. Have I mentioned this on the pod before? I mean, it's been months. (laughs) My oven has been broke for literal months. I can't make any cookies or cakes. I can't make any banana breads. I can't make any loaves. I'm suffering from this. Could I easily email my building and say, can you fix this? Yeah, I could. And I have. And then they they didn't. And then I forgot to follow up. And so it is my fault, but I don't give a shit. They should know. They should intuitively know. Mm -hmm. Out of the thousands of people that live in this building, I am in distress. They should have seen. They they follow you and they should have seen that your bitch and bacon videos stopped. And they were like, it must be because of the oven. Yeah. And then they should have sent an entire crew. They should have gotten a sponsored oven brand. Mm -hmm. I was telling that to my mom. Uh, 
and she started freaking out because she was like, there's probably gas just pouring into your apartment. And I'm like, that's literally not how ovens work. Because <laughs> I turn the oven on. I, I don't hear gas until I turn the oven on. It is a gas-powered oven. Farts. Am I right? Um, and I tr- when I turn it on, I can hear it clicking as if it's trying to ignite a light, but it won't work. Mm. And she's like, that means that there's just gas pouring into your apartment. I'm like, no, no, not that's... true at all. In fact, it means there's not gas. Right. Or there is or there's gas or there's no gas, but flame. no flame. Yeah. You would smell if if your if your entire apartment was just filled yeah. with gas. Also, I months. use the stovetop every day yeah. and it lights a giant flame and I haven't exploded yet. Knock on wood. Maybe that's maybe there is a gas leak oh and that's why I'm going slowly insane. <laughs> <laughs> that's like what I love whenever you hear about haunted houses and then they do go in and do research and it's like actually this is just a massive gas leak and everybody in here has been hallucinating for the past 30 years next I've probably bitched about this on the podcast before but whenever unsubscribe buttons on emails say something sassy like uh, you know oh whenever a pop up on a website. That's what it is. Whenever you go to a website and there's a pop-up to like sign up for their email newsletter and it'll say in big letters like, yes, sign up. But then the no button says something like, no, I hate myself and hate <laughs> savings. And it's like, don't try to passive aggressively pressure me into signing up for your stupid fucking newsletter. Okay. Okay. I don't. How are those things like? Do enough people truly sign up from an immediate pop up window for those to actually be worth putting in my face every single time I open your goddamn website? The fact that in 2021, present day 2021, I, Matthew L. Bellisai, still have to deal. See, L for loser. <laughs> with pop up ads. Yeah. Is insanity. Okay. No, at no point. At no point am I ever, ever going to support a product that is advertised to me via pop-up. If I see a pop-up magazine, if I see a pop-up advertisement on my computer screen, rest assured that subconsciously or unconsciously, I'm going to file away that information and never support that brand ever in my life. You can take that to the bank. All right. Cash it. Boom. And then and then deposit it. And finally, um, another thing that's pissed me off a, a, a recent development was I was going to go on a date with someone. <gasps> we were having like a good conversation, I thought. Uh, and then they pulled the, oh, I think I jumped back into dating apps too quickly after my recent breakup. Bitch, you're on a dating app talking to someone. Right. And it's like, I'm sorry I'm so charming that this kind of, I like took you by a a storm and like you couldn't handle the whirlwind romance that was awaiting you. But like, why are you here? (laughs) What good is, what good is it now? Yeah. Like he owes you something. 
<laughs> not, okay. not not sexually, just like <laughs> emotionally. Or like I mean the shitty thing was not a shitty thing. He was actually like incredibly nice about it, which honestly makes it worse because I'm like, <laughs> no, uh, be an asshole so I can be <laughs> mad at you. But he was nice about it and was like, the it, it truly has nothing to do with you. I just like overestimated how like ready I was to get back into it. I always think it's a, a, a kind of a, a red flag whenever, and not that this guy did this, but whenever anybody in their profile says prominently, like, recently broken up or recently single, it's like, why? Maybe you shouldn't be here then. Yeah. If you're like, if you feel the need to say that, then maybe you shouldn't be here. Also, like, I'm sorry that I represent the future. Okay. So I'm not <laughs> caught up in the past. Sorry, you're denying yourself the very real pleasure that comes with this package okay in the present in the future and then once you're in the future in the past listeners why don't you weigh in on the comments below dial 1-800-789-7 and you can tell us what you think about my love life and how i'm fucking it all up by putting my faith and energy in people who are unavailable. Put put his profile on the instagram. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you can um I don't know. I feel like that's an, a, a debate. Do I do I pursue someone who yeah. says that they are not ready to date? <laughs> well, we'll ask it in the Instagram stories. Fi follow us on Happy Hour. Anyway, what a mess of a deep dive today. But those are all of the things that have been floating around in the the mush that is my brain. I hope that it helped to just, like, get it all out. So just know that both physically and emotionally, I am in pain. <laughs> oh, sweet baby. <laughs> I'm not in emotional pain. I'm My back is in physical pain. Yeah. Uh, and I have been taking copious amounts of Advil, which may also contribute to my mood. Anyway, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Elliot Glazer on the pod right after this commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Shimon Liai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. My guest complainer today makes people cry with his Kesha medleys. He's a writer, actor, performer whose credits include, but are not limited to, New Girl, Younger, Broad City, American Pickle. He's the co-host of the podcast, You're Making It Worse. If that wasn't enough, he's also a singer who puts on a live show of musical comedy called Haunting Renditions. So many, so many things. Welcome, Elliot Glazer. Hey, Matt, how's it going? I'm out of breath after after reading just a fraction of your credits. Oh, my God. The little, like, eight-year-old me would be, like, jumping for joy from <laughs> all the attention. <laughs> uh, I was such a little snoot, snot. <laughs> Are, do you think often about how eight-year-old you would, uh, would feel about present-day Elliot? Of course, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, he, he was, like, a very, like, very, what's the word when a kid is, like, precocious right. i was like a little president i was i thought i was like my own business i was basically like an influencer with no audience when i was eight years old <laughs> sure <laughs> just making stuff for people but nobody was watching right right you had like the camcorder the the like tripod setup yes hours and hours literally hundreds of hours worth of content truly i sometimes think the gods that I did not have YouTube Ugh. to post any content to as a child, at least. Me too. I could not be more grateful that that wasn't around. If that were, I, I genuinely, it would be like, I, I maybe I'd be like crazy rich or I'd be in a mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> right. You could have been like Charlie bit my finger. Like we, we could have gone viral in some, in some humiliating yes. way as a child or in some yes. like horrible yes. way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wanting, wanting that kind of attention was like dangerous at that point, but not dangerous enough where I would have been in trouble because no one was, no one was paying attention except like my parents. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause it's also like the opposite now. Now I'm just thinking about, if a child goes viral now, it's for like three hours and then everybody doesn't yes. give a shit. You get a $25,000 check. It's very Ellen. quick. Yeah. And then it, you're done. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah. It's come and go. Well, I got ahead of myself because I always start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? One thing that I hate that everybody else loves or seems to love is the Broadway show Come From Away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this show so much. So why don't you summarize it? Because I have a vague understanding. I never saw okay. it, but I have a vague understanding of what it is about. Okay. Oh, my God. The show is about nine. It's about 9-11. Right. But this a sort of odd story that came out of 9-11 where a plane that was, I think, going to New York or, yeah, I think they were going to New York, but they got rerouted during 9-11 and they were sent to an island in Newfoundland, uh -huh. which is like, cool, you know, like, okay, cool. Like they got, they got rerouted to Newfoundland and the local citizens took them in, you know, amid like chaos and, and panic. And they made a show about it because I, I, I had assumed 
that these people were there stuck for like weeks. And I was like, that's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. But um, the show is about how it actually happened and took, took over like, took the course of uh, three or four days before they went back to New York. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you guys made a whole show about this? And ultimately, like, you shouldn't, I should, there's no reason to dislike a, a Broadway show that, it just sounds very benign. Uh-huh. And yet I thought it was so offensive. And it's like the height, it's not just like annoying because it's like 9-11 porn, to me, uh-huh. you know, which is already like manipulative and weird. It's like it's like a musical that's like the version of the 9-11 Museum where it's like nobody from New York wants to go to the 9-11 Museum. Like, right. We don't need to go see the museum version. We live through the real life version of it. But worse than that, it's just the like height of um, that sort of smug Broadway a- a- attitude that I thought was sort of passe at this point, you know, because right. it feels like shows like Hamilton have helped there be a sense of self-awareness when it comes to Broadway, but this show just digs into that, like, you know, the way they like, you know what I mean? Right. It's very like soapboxy and, oh God, the music makes me nuts. I hate it. And everybody loves it. <laughs> I almost feel like ill-equipped to respond. I, um, Melissa, our producer is, is, is chatting me. Uh, Cause she is a huge fan Uh-oh. of. <laughs> Most people are. And I get, and I, I don't hold a grudge. I just, it is, and I've have I have plenty of friends and people who literally work in that world and like the theater world who are like you're nuts. Like it's such a good play. The music's so fun and so good and it's so touching. And I made sure to go see it when it came to L.A. and I was appalled. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was appalled. I do appreciate that your answer is genuinely something that people love. So I think you they took love the assignment it. literally. Which a lot of people I don't. did. They a lot love of people it. try getting out and and you know saying something that a lot of people like or don't like. No, I'm sorry. I you know my answer. Look, my answer a few years ago might have been like I don't know all about that bass or like some sort of <laughs> Megan Trainer song like the sure. like 50s doo wop whatever that. Like, yeah. But she's grown on me, and also I don't like. Um, I prefer not to complain about a woman in this. Sure. Era and um, I will just take on the entirety of Come From Away. I I can't stand it. I can't stand it, dude. <laughs> I'll I'll table the Megan Trainer bit because I I in my research uh, prior to this interview I did I did unearth the fact that you you have had gripes <laughs> with Miss Trainer in the past. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like a, I feel like a real dick about it. I would agree that she's also grown on on me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've all, we've all matured. I don't know. She had, she, she, we've all matured. And like, I feel like an asshole for being so like vitriolic against her in, I think it was like the AV club that interviewed me, interviewed me about music that I don't like. And I re- talked about Megan Trainer because I just, I really don't like her first era, I guess. I was, I was short sighted in that I really disliked her first era. Right. You know, all about that bass was like a, a fine song, but the rest of that like bad, do like kids bob do do op thing rub me the wrong way yeah and then she had a song called wave the song wave turned me it's a great song <laughs> yeah i think i know which one you're talking about um and i i'm it's also great. a fan yeah what has been your sort of like um media diet lately what what stuff are you watching uh i think my media diet i'm waiting for the view to come back honestly um i watch it every day i listen to a lot of howard stern um Howard post 
post psychotherapy <laughs> pro gay Howard. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So I listen to a lot of that. I'm like tangentially aware of the view. I feel like it always bubbles up and I'm always like, who is watching this television show that is somehow constantly generating controversy? My friend says that I watch it as an art experiment uh -huh. and I kind of do like, I don't watch it because I want, I need like the news or I even necessarily care about the chat. I watch it because it's, it's always on the verge of implosion. Right. There, it's one of these, yeah. like, th like there's a reason I want, I will watch the view and I have absolutely zero interest in watching the talk or any other table chat mm -hmm. show. It's because like <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg at the helm is like, she's so I, there's never, I can't imagine another moderator of a round table talk show who doesn't want to be there, you know, like she so clearly doesn't like the job yeah. and make, and makes no qualms about it. It's so weird. And like, it's just a very odd show in that they're trying to be like a shiny daytime TV show, but it's like Whoopi Goldberg and <clears throat> Joy Behar who are kind of anything, but you know, right. and, and it's just, it, it always feel like, feels like it's on the brink of chaos. And obviously the stuff that is actually chaotic is the stuff that like, you know, really circulates on Twitter. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, the show is always on the brink of full-blown chaos. And I don't know, I, I love it for that reason. Yeah. I don't think it's what they're going for, but I love it for that reason. Yeah. I always kind of witness the, the trickle down clips that make it to Twitter, which is just the kind of open yes. animosity, disdain every, that everyone felt towards Meghan McCain. Yeah. And that's the part of it where it's just, it's just a baffling watch because you're like, like, how is this on TV? Like, how, how is she behaving like this on TV? Why would you, why, how do they, like, it's already chaotic in the studio, but on Zoom, when there's always technical difficulties and there's always a lag, the show would erupt into full-blown, five people talking over each other at <laughs> once. They would still pretend that it wasn't chaotic when it clearly was, and I'm just like, this is insane. Right. Every day. I I need to get into a habit of watching some version of either that or like the Wendy Williams show. I feel like is similar. I was gonna say. I I see. I feel like I see clips from her show, which are always whiplash inducing, because she'll say the most yes. absurd. It'll it'll take the the biggest twist that you never expected in her setup and. I don't know if you know clips that I'm talking about. I do. I, I know there's the clip where she said about, I think it was about Britney Spears' parents' death to death to both of them or something. <laughs> right. There was death, that one. Death to all of them. There was another one where she does this whole setup about this guy who's, she was like, do you know this guy? He's famous on TikTok. Uh, he has like this many followers oh, right. and she goes on and on about him. As he's, she's like, he has more followers than I do. I don't even know this man. And then, Right. After 10 minutes of talking about him, she's like, well, he got stabbed <laughs> like, yesterday. He's he's <laughs> like, dead. Right. Oh my God. I, I, the thing is like, I can't watch that because for whatever reason, it's a type of chaos that I don't want to engage in. I, I, I couldn't tell you why. I, I don't really know why, but it's like, I appreciate it and I appreciate seeing the clips that make their way around, but right. I don't know what her deal is. I can't make sense of her. And so maybe it feels too tragic. Whereas on the view, they seem to just kind of like move on after insane chaos. I mean, Wendy does that too, but I don't know. She, she's hard to watch, which is how someone like that can be so adept at having like 
saucy, you know, conversations and getting people to say a lot of interesting things that they wouldn't necessarily say. On one hand, that's really fun to watch. But on the other hand, I'm like, her farting on TV makes no sense. Farting and burping, like, what is this? Yeah. You know? What is that? It is, it is kind of a, a sad kind of chaos in a way that the view it's is sad. Yeah, yeah. Less, less overtly tragic. If you look up the like video, there's video of something of them like filming the promos, I guess, for the season premiere. It's like around now. It's on their Twitter, I think. There's footage of all of them and and they're, you know, they're all like in front of a sort of a generic photo spread, you know, with like curtains behind them or some sort of backdrop. And Whoopi shows up. I mean, I've never seen somebody look truly miserable to the point that they make them all like like in the in the camera they all have to do like a two and a five with their hands because i think it's the 25th year of the Uh show so they're all they each do like their own cute like two five you know 25 or whatever and whoopies looks like she is there's like a gun pointed at her head (laughs) she looks miserable and i'm just like why are you there why are you there it's just the it's just to me it is the most fascinating thing to watch yeah I'm going to I'm going to add that to my rotation. I think I need that in my life. It's chaos. Yeah, it's chaos. Um, Different different line here. I saw you posted um a, a Comedy Central sort of bit about being a, a gay guide that. Um, yes. <laughs> w- had to have been a reference to our friends doing a, a gay guide <laughs> yes. show to the newly out bachelor. I can't legally say what it was and you know but obviously the idea is that it's a response my idea was doing a a botched response uh audition for the netflix show that i guess will that colton the bachelor will be on i guess whatever that is unclear yes it's it's unclear but they've hired um gus kenworthy as his gay guide which is i i guess a thing Uh, you know i i just think it's just so funny how sometimes homonormative (laughs) gay culture is and how I, I don't know about you, but I often feel so weirdly removed from a lot of it. And like the idea of a hot or hot ex-athlete showing another hot ex-athlete who was on on a reality show and like, who has like really crazy shit, you know, crazy, crazy, like restraining orders, all these like really dark, dark things that are in his very recent past out against him. It's like, it just sounds like a train wreck. And it seems like the most tone deaf way to approach uh, some sort of, you know, entrance to queer life. All of it is baffling and like none of it needs to exist, you Uh know? And so I wanted to do my own take on it that I thought would be like funny and irreverent, but never make, the joke was not on them. The joke is on me looking completely out of the loop when it comes to gay stuff, even though I am gay. But it's also just the concept of like a gay guide. Like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, what... like right. what is the thing like do we have some some agreed upon set of like gay standards that or, or like a checklist that he's going to be following right i i always say that exact same thing i've been saying it since i came out like years ago that like it always feels like there was some sort of syllabus that i was not handed some sort of brochure or booklet that no one ever got to me where i'm like wait i'm supposed to what you know and so that's sort of how I feel about it. I'm just kind of baffled by the the homonormative elements of so much gay stuff that I would imagine this show would be about. 
But even that, I'm like, I guess you're going to go to parties. Like, I, I, I feel like the minority has overtaken the majority where like West Hollywood in LA and like Chelsea in New York has essentially overpowered the narrative of like what it actually means to be queer. And I don't think people poke fun at that enough. Yeah. And it is, it is that weird thing of like, yeah. How, how do you poke fun at it without being like, I don't know, like homophobic. I don't know. I, I don't want to be a dick. Yeah. Without being right. homophobic, but like, is it homophobic of me to, I mean, my podcast is literally called you're making it worse. It's mm-hmm. based on the idea of like Colton, I guess making it, you know, kind of making it worse for the rest of us by the idea that this guy who was on the bachelor who like, allegedly stalked a woman and put a tracking device on her car who came out like on a TV show, but it turns out he was being blackmailed. Like, and then he's handed a show about being gay. Like that's like not helping anybody. If you ask me, you know, and that doesn't help. I don't think that helps. I just don't think it helps. Right. But I'm like, there should be more chaos. Like, but I read that you were also developing a, a, a project that was like along these lines. Yes, that was, um, it's called I Run Hot. Right. And it's a sitcom with me and Colton Haynes um, as like an odd couple, odd couple, like buddy duo mm-hmm. kind of thing where he's like, you know, a hot man, a hot gay man, um, but who's like a, a sweet guy with a, like a heart of gold. And I'm the sort of, curmudgeonly um <laughs> neurotic sweaty gay friend but together we you know we're, we're, we're good friends but we it's it's kind of like a gay curb your enthusiasm right and uh i i still think that the main narrative around gay men is monopolized by like queer eye and and you know sort of like the angelic uh saintly gays who know how to like you know teach you how to remodel your bathroom, but also make you cry, which is like, great. I'm glad that exists. I'm glad that exists. But I also want there to be more, more than that. And more than just like trauma gaze, you know, there's so much trauma gaze. I can't take right. it. Right. Yeah. That has been the, too much trauma. The, pretty much the, like <laughs> two outlets. <laughs> it's trauma or fix my life. Yes. It's great that they exist, but I want there to be a gay guy who, who, eats who, I was gonna say who eats boogers that's not what I meant <laughs> who engages in boogers and farts jokes yeah <laughs> I need a, a, a gay sitcom where it's you know the sloppy husband yes. who sits on the couch and watches yes. tv and then has a very hot out of his league husband yes give me that yeah. I just want more of it so that it can be not just normalized but like a lot of us are truly unremarkable and that's okay and like that's more activism than I think, you know, protests sometimes making us unremarkable. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like there's some come from away style musical in all of this. <laughs> I think we just, we have all the pieces. Yeah. I know. I got to put this together. Um, well, I, I sort of asked you, you sort of talked a little bit about your, your podcast. That's, you still do that every week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called You're Making It Worse. And I do it with Brent Sullivan and H. Allen Scott. And we basically talk about like queer gay stuff through a comedic lens and try to be, you know, we're pretty irreverent about it, but it's born out of our like 15 year friendship as comedians. And we're trying to be, it's kind of like there's between the three of us, Brent is more of the, pessimist i'm somewhere in the middle and alan is more of the like empathic optimist Uh but altogether we're we're, like annoyed by a lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah a lot of stuff is annoying yeah i mean there's a lot to be annoyed by frankly so 
there's no there's no shortage of stuff. Yeah, but it's also fun to point out like it's it's fun to make fun of homophobia because it almost feels passe in a very privileged way. But like last, I was obsessed with this story last week about this guy who wants to run for Congress in Wisconsin. Who he's like a straight white guy, a Republican, obviously, and he went to a library and saw that there was. In the kids section, there was like a pro LGBTQ book display, uh-huh. like in a library in Wisconsin. And this guy like threw a full blown tantrum, apparently got like almost violent with the library page who was like an 18 year old queer girl. And this dude like he got violent because he saw pro queer books right. for kids just out. And it's like that is hilarious and the guy wrote his own book about how to be masculine (laughs) it's like dude just come out just come out you know just fucking come out like why do you care so much yeah just come out that's i think my my favorite recent brand of this is is seeing people come after lil nas x and none of them are equipped because he is he is born of the internet he knows how to fight yes the tools are within him. He is five steps ahead. Yeah. People who from the like rap community or hip hop community who have done interviews being like, this is, this mm-hmm. is too much. And I, I was watching some interview where the, uh, the yeah. interviewer was like, yeah, but rap has always been about like, it's never been a great role model for children. Like, what is it about this that you don't like? It's because. Right. And it's like, he's gay. Yeah. We, we just say it. Right. Well, we're almost out of time. Uh, usually we we play a little game where we have some tweets where you expressed your displeasure about something that I'll just have you elaborate <laughs> on. One of which, this was a response okay. to someone um, who who I think came to a show of yours and then someone popped their balloon and then you you said that you also hate balloons, but that you would never pop someone else's. Oh my God, I'm terrified of balloons. Say that again. You Are, are you still anti-balloon? Yes, I'm terrified of balloons. Um, I mean, mylar balloons are terrified. fine. Yes, I am. Mylar balloons are fine, but like regular helium balloons to me are so scary because they are, as I've said for years, they are like ticking time bombs. Sometimes they go off without you knowing <laughs> Or without, there's no, there's no warning and they just explode and they're so loud and they're scary. And I'm a very jumpy person, you know, filled with anxiety and balloons are just time bombs waiting to go off. I, yeah, I don't know what it is though. Cause it's like even a a popped balloon, it's even a very loud one is not like threatening and yet it is terrifying. It just, I, I, I jump, I can't help it. And And I don't like jump scares and that's what balloons are. Right. Jump scares waiting to happen. Yeah. They're they're just it's very ironic balloons. The joy that they're supposed masochism. to masochism bring. Yes. Um you tweeted, does it make me a Karen to complain about waiting on hold for eight hours with Delta? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, I mean I'm sure a lot of your listeners have probably had some some some, you know, form of of uh customer service nightmare. Yeah with an airline, but I couldn't believe recently like that. I was that Delta was like, we will call you back in eight hours. I'm like, what is, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Don't you take place in, doesn't flights, doesn't air travel happen in real time? Like what's going on? Yeah. Eight hour. I mean, that's like a full eight. night sleep. That is a doctor recommended night yes. of sleep that you're waiting. I, it just kind of, it knocked me out. It, it, I couldn't believe it. 
yeah, I um I think I I have a pretty high bar for for tweeting at brands, and this would break me. This would absolutely be like Delta. You yes. need I need someone on the phone right now. Yes, and as it turns out, I don't know if they care because I am verified. That would be lame, but I I, I do feel like Delta and some of these um companies these air travel companies do seem to pay attention to twitter yeah they do so i had to do it and it worked it worked yeah, yeah. i think it's like part of their thing they like they notice that more and it sucks but here we are well um we're out of time where can people find you and your work uh just follow me at um elliot glazer on my Instagram, Twitter. I'm currently writing for the new season of iCarly. Sure. So you can watch that when that comes out in uh, next year. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. All right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we could take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? As of the episode coming out, yesterday was Indigenous Peoples Day. So mm-hmm. I wanted to bring attention to uh, a nonprofit called Sovereign Bodies Institute, which is an Indigenous-led nonprofit that puts into action research on gender and sexual violence against indigenous people. They run a really big database that is logging cases of missing and murdered indigenous women and girls and two-spirit people. Um, There's a lot of ways to get involved, um, like through donating and things like that. So I just wanted to highlight that organization. Beautiful. Okay, let's get into the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you've been watching? Same old, same old. And I started, uh, I've only seen the first episode so far, but I really enjoyed it, which is The Premise, which is BJ Novak's new anthology series. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I loved the first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I, I've been watching it on Hulu. Yeah, it's hard to describe that show. I feel like it's like a mix of... It's a mix of Twilight Zone meets Black Mirror, but comedy and about social issues instead of tech. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's it's almost just like each episode is a standalone yeah, like it's an anthology movie. Like it's it's too but a sh- half hour. Right. It's too short to be a whole show. It's too short to be a whole movie. So they just kind of made. It's a yeah. It's an anthology. There's like nothing that really draws them all together. It's very strange but good. Love it. Yeah. What about you? What are you watching this week? I watched uh, Squid Game. Oh yeah. Are you familiar? I'm familiar. Alex started watching it, and he was like, "You absolutely should not watch this. It's too violent for me." Uh yeah. I don't know. Squid Game. I absolutely loved it. Binged watched all nine episodes of it. Uh, it's a South Korean show. So I should say the reason why he said that is because I had watched an episode of Only Murders in the Building and then I went to sleep and had a nightmare about murderers. So he was like, you should not watch Squid Game right now. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's definitely violent. Uh, I I think it's like video game violent. Like, I don't it doesn't feel necessarily like super gratuitous. Uh huh. I don't have like a huge appetite for that type of like super gory stuff. Uh-huh. And I thought it was fine. Okay. But it's still like an amazing show. The, the premise, it's sort of like Hunger Games. Uh, it's basically Hunger Games. <laughs> but more of a reality show. No. 
basically the premise is these people compete in like a Hunger Games type thing in order to win an insane amount of money. And it's the it's like childhood games, but the losers are killed rather violently. <laughs> and so it's like, would you would you do this incredibly would you enter a competition in which you probably will die, but the payout payout would be in this case forty five billion won, which is like thirty eight million dollars. It's gonna be a hard no for me. It does not seem like thirty eight million dollars is enough for me to witness the death of like over four hundred people, <laughs> perhaps at my own hand. <laughs> but who's to say? Teach their own. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it's compelling very, TV. it's very addicting and yeah, there's like every episode kind of has a cliffhanger and it was hard to stop watching. So despite the violence, anyway, what is your non-TV chaser? Well, obviously Harry, but I assumed that that you were going to talk about that. Sure. So I do want to give a quick shout out to the song Silk Chiffon, which is by Muna and Phoebe Bridgers, Muna featuring Phoebe Bridgers. Mm-hmm. That song truly, the second I put it on, it makes me happy. I put it on a lot to try and make me happy. Um, that song's a bop. I love it. Uh, the music video is an absolute joy and features previous guest complainer slash friend Fran Torado. Shout out to Fran. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in it. Um, so, yeah, that's a, I, I love that. If you haven't listened to it, listeners, go listen. It's great. Mm-hmm. We'll link. We'll put it. We'll put it in the Instagram because guess what, bitch? We ask about your chasers every Friday on Instagram now. Yeah. Which is super fun. So what about you? What's your non-TV chaser? Uh, well, even though I complained about not getting to say hello to him, I did have so much fun. It was so fun. At the Harry Styles concert. It was, I mean, at this point, I've seen Harry a stalkerish number of times live (laughs) in concert. I think that was, that was my fifth time seeing him apart from One Direction, which was at least two other times. Okay. Listen, there are people who go to fish shows every single night of the goddamn year. You're fine. Yeah. Am I going to see him like at least two or three more times this month alone? Absolutely. Probably. Uh, But yeah, I I think I've seen him now in concert like five times. Um, Yeah. And uh, this was by far the best I've seen. It was so fun. Especially because like... For the first concert to come back to uh, through COVID, to have it be one where it's like almost entirely teenage girls, young women and gays and everyone is dressed not just like not fancy, but like dressed that is like the purest expression of themselves. Everyone's like, I want to look the best that I can feel. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And to have tens of thousands of COVID negative and vaccinated masked people dressed like that, feeling like that. The state Madison Square Garden physically shook yeah. multiple times. It was kind of scary. It was terrifying. It was the energy was incredible. It was beautiful. I loved it. Same, same. Can't wait to go back. Yes. And um, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get 
video of bonus Worst Things First stories, you'll get video of extended guest complainer interviews, and an entire separate podcast feed of all the bonus stories every single week. So it's like a second day of unhappy hour stuff that you get. You also can buy some merch. That's patreon.com slash You can buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com. As always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Wherever you get podcasts, follow us, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlena Revelo, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Dale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram. For all the latest podcast buzz, you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Apparently he said that, he said during the concert that that song was about... It was in Nashville. Oh, that's why I didn't hear it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's about pussy. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, Wait, it's like we've been new. Yeah. Okay.